Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Nitwits, a weekly roundtable discussion on the Penn State Nittany Lions, now in its 26th season. Our panel features a longtime Penn State media and Nitwits tag team. Neil Rudell of the Altoona Mirror and Mark Brennan of Lions 24-7 with Fight on State. The Nitwits are hosted by WTAJ's Ryan Risky. And each week, we welcome a former Nittany Lion as our special guest analyst. The Nitwits are brought to you by Irwin Financial, Raymond James, a firm foundation for your financial future. By DeLeo Games, serving the community since 1945. By Monarch Cleaners, for all your dry cleaning, carpet cleaning, and rug cleaning. By Reed and Solani Orthodontics, providing friendly, family-focused orthodontic care in Altoona, Bedford, and Huntingdon. By McAleer's Plumbing, specializing in plumbing, heating, and air conditioning, serving our community since 1886. By Remax Results Realty Group, committed to a culture of professionalism, productivity, and exceptional service. By Dorman's Jewelry, the answer is always Dorman's. By Star Beverage, no matter what type of weather, we are a convenient drive through one-stop beer store. By Brent Kogan Electrical Services, lighting the way for you. By Novacare, Altoona and State College, the power of physical therapy. By Fullington Tours, offering round-trip transportation to and from Beaver Stadium from locations in State College and Altoona. By Blair Candy Company, the one-stop shop for all your tailgating needs, candy, snacks, paper supplies, and more. By Harry's Construction. If you can dream it, we can create it. By Lions 24-7 with Fight on State. Your online home for Penn State football and recruiting coverage. And by the Altoona Mirror, featuring Penn State Game Day every Friday and Penn State Extra every Monday. A rivalry renewed. Penn State and West Virginia meet for the 60th time with the Nittany Lions coming out on top. 38 to 15, Drew Aller shines under the lights at 325 yards and three touchdown passes. The Nitwits are back to rehash the season opening win. Nittany Nation Overtime is next.
Welcome to Nittany Nation Overtime. I am your host, Ryan Risky. I'm joined by the Nitwits. We got Mark Brennan, Neil Rudell, and former Penn State offensive lineman Bill Comps. Guys, big win last night under the lights. Drew Aller, magnificent, 325 yards, three touchdowns. Was this him announcing his arrival to the college football world? <laughs> well, I, they didn't really announce him prior, so I would guess, uh, yeah, I thought he played terrific, uh, poised, uh, managed the game at the line of scrimmage. The thing that impressed me the most was his pocket presence and how he threw on the run and kept his eyes downfield. Yeah, I like the game plan that Mike Yersich had. A lot of people thought that they might go heavy run uh, just to allow him to kind of ease his way in. But against this defense, I mean, they ranked near the bottom of the, of the uh, Big 12 and pass defense last year. Why not give him the opportunities relatively early to set a tone? And boy, did he do that. His second pass, a 72-yard touchdown, and you can see the arm strength. You can see the pocket awareness. I just think getting that under his belt for, for that first start was huge, not just for him, but for the entire program. And he didn't let the moment get too big for him. You know, primetime under the lights, first game for NBC's Big Ten primetime. Yeah, no doubt. It, um, I think all three of you made some great points here. Poise, um, primetime, that is not an easy undertaking for your first career start. I thought he handled it well. Um, you know, this wasn't Don Nealon and Major Harris or um, Rich Rodriguez and, and, and Pat yeah. White. This was a, an average West Virginia team that hung in there for a while. But LR um, showed me some mobility, showed me some physical tools that they've been talking about for his first start to play as well as he did, I thought was very impressive. Yeah, a couple other things that I liked. He was very cool under pressure. They didn't blow that game open. And even when it was tight, he made a lot of really good decisions. He had the one where Keandre Lambert-Smith uh, bailed him out in the end zone and then you know, was, did his own defensive back uh, uh, celebration. But I thought his, just from everything we heard, uh, you were there, Ryan, Neil, you were there after the game. Everybody talking about his presence in the huddle and then the way he dealt with us afterward. That's not an easy thing. He's coming in and he goes right to the main podium and I thought oh, these are all the little things for quarterbacks that along with playing well on the field I think are important. Yeah you referenced it. I think he really only threw one pass that he wanted back or that James wanted him to have back and he had at least two other drops and a possible third with Keandre Lambert-Smith over the middle. It was slightly behind him and a little low, but that really should have been caught. Smith, Lambert-Smith said that. He could have had a fourth touchdown that. pass to Dante Cephas. He could yeah. have had five. And I think kind of one thing is like he didn't look like a guy making his first career start. No, and that's where going back to last year when he had the ability to play in Purdue in a key, key spot, he got snaps at Auburn. Uh, obviously, he was thrown into, a into the fire at Michigan and did well and got snaps in the Rose Bowl. So he played in a bunch of games, but it wasn't all just mop-up duty. So the fact that he was able to play in some of those games, I think, uh, uh, worked out well for him. I'll, I also have to say, listen, Sean Clifford, I know a lot of us at, in the middle of last season when Penn State stumbled, were, were pulling for Aller to play. And I was wrong at the time because I think Sean Clifford ended up being a great role model for this kid on the field, in the huddle, with the media, all those different things. And I think when you see the development of Drew Aller, you credit Mike Yurcich, you, you credit the coaching staff, but I also think you have to credit Sean Clifford because he helped this kid come along. And credit Aller for being willing to, to, to have that backup role and not yeah. really worry about it. And, and this is a kid that arrived on campus, a pretty decorated high school recruit yeah. out of, uh, I think, Menor, Ohio, had a personal trainer work with him. This kid arrived physically developed and ready to to be able to compete at this level earlier than most. Now, again, he's 
You're trying to digest a pretty complex game plan. I think it helped to have Yursich up in the press box this time around to see the field and, and see him. I didn't uh, see a whole lot of that RPO offense they ran under Clifford. I think they're playing to this kid's strengths. The mobility of him rolling out really impressed me. He threw across his body one time. So, you know, we got to keep him upright. You know, clean pocket will help. Um, but, but we really have a, a quarterback here that uh, uh, can, can take us some places. You know, Clifford was underappreciated because he didn't beat Ohio State. But uh, the one of the things that were a real key play the last three years or so was Clifford scrambling. And he did it well. But I think Aller, at least through one game, has shown you that he's going to keep his eyes, maybe stay in the pocket a little bit longer, keep his eyes up. You know, and those receivers got great separation, and he led them a lot of yards after the catch. Especially that Keandre Lambert's with Mark catch that you touched on. 72 yards, second pass of the game. Yeah, great separation from the receivers, and that's another group we'll get to later on because there were some question marks, except a lot of them were answered. Yeah, Allers is poised in the pocket, leading them downfield. And he can scramble. He doesn't seem to have the same mobility as Sean Clifford, except he's got a cannon of an arm. Yeah, one of the, one of the things that's a little misleading, though, is if you look back at, at the passing charts, that pass to Keandre Lambert-Smith for the 72-yard touchdown was the only one, according to the official stats, that actually went more than 20 yards in the air. Now, hmm. what, what does that tell you? That I think they were, that he was making good choices with what West Virginia was giving him. It also tells you that having a strong arm doesn't just mean being able to throw it 80 yards. It means you're able to hit a quick out that you see other quarterbacks throw these passes and they're getting picked off. This guy throws a rocket to the sideline and these kids catch it. And I think it was 172 yards after the catch for Penn State receiver. So again, I think it all plays into that game plan that Yursich had to allow this kid to be successful early. And he made sure not to try to go with all the home run plays and take shots downfield. He was smart with the ball, no turnovers. Receivers came back to the ball too and really kind of got loose when the play broke down pretty evident that they've worked uh, quite a bit. They're, they're, they're in sync, and uh, that bodes well for a schedule that sets up fairly, you know, the first five or six games aren't, but the marquee games middle of the season, and we will be that much better than we were tonight. I, it was a great start, really was. You know, and I think kind of one other thing to look at is just like, it was a great team when they didn't, it wasn't a big blowout win, you know, like some might have expected. West Virginia hung in there in a really tough spot, and it was a Really solid outcome, especially for the first time they've played each other in 30-some years. Well, you know, they didn't want to put too much on Aller's shoulders initially, and I think that's why they got the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. But I thought the rest of the team collectively, they needed Aller to play like he did yesterday because yeah. there were some other areas that we'll get to that sprung a couple leaks as the game went on. Yeah, and there was nine players caught a pass, and we're going to get to the receivers right now. We're going to take a break. We'll be back on Nittany Nation Overtime. The Nitwits are being brought to you by Irwin Financial, Raymond James, a firm foundation for your financial future. By DeLeo Games, serving the community since 1945. By Reed and Selaney Orthodontics, providing friendly, family-focused orthodontic care in Altoona, Bedford, and Huntington. And by McAleer's Plumbing, specializing in plumbing, heating, and air conditioning, serving our community since 1886. You're watching Nittany Nation Overtime. Back on Nittany Nation Overtime. Remember, if you want to stay up to date with all things Penn State football, download our app using the QR code right here on your screen. 
Welcome back into Nittany Nation Overtime. I'm joined by the Nitwits, and again, it was a big win for Penn State. Drew Aller had a great game. However, one question mark coming into the season was the wide receiver group, and we had nine different players catch a pass in this game. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Keandre Lambert-Smith, four catches for a buck 20-plus, and then uh, Harrison Wallace, Trey Wallace, uh, you know, we expected him to do well, and, and he did. But I thought it was really important for them to be able to spread the ball around, as you said, Ryan. I mean, uh, you got Liam Clifford involved. You got the two transfers, uh, Malik McLean and Cephas involved. Uh, just the ability, you got uh, um, uh, oh, Tyler Warren, I'm drawing a blank on the, on the tight end, who actually started. So to be able to get all of those guys involved, again, I just think it speaks to what they were able to do with the passing game. And I think the other side of that is, if you look at it, uh, Nick Singleton, 13 carries. Katron Allen, 10 carries. I am perfectly fine with that at this time of year because, number one, you wanted to get that passing game established. Number two, this is a long season. You are going to need those guys healthy in October and November and beyond. So I was perfectly fine with them not running. I like the way that they, uh, they did run the ball, but not work, using those guys as workhorses. But the way they spread it around was great. Right, and then the, obviously the wide receivers. Like, you know, we knew Trey Wallace and Keandre Lambert-Smith were the two guys that separated themselves from the rest of the pack. And that that third wide receiver spot was still kind of up for grabs for a while. And Malik McClain was kind of the one guy who seemed like he really seized that opportunity. Yeah, he played well. And, you know, the transfer portal showed up in this game. Uh, with McLean from Florida State, Cephas from Kent State. Um, you, you tricked me last week. Falcons. Yes. <laughs> the kicker uh, contributed when they needed him. Uh, so there were a few different elements. Uh, but I didn't think they asked any one guy. This is two in a row. Uh, Lambert Smith has had 100-yard games, and you go back to the Rose Bowl. A lot of big plays that he's involved in. So um, maybe not. they're not asking anybody to carry the team. They have a lot of depth there. Right, and obviously with Keandre, you know, before the Rose Bowl, he had kind of had a season that you thought you were going to get more out of him. So it's kind of like he's the de facto number one coming in, and he kind of answered a lot of those questions. He got a lot of separation, yeah. had that big touchdown to open up the game on Aller's second pass. Well, nobody's ever questioned his ability. I think when you talk to people around the program, what they tell you is he kind of has to get out of his own way. He's a very emotional type player, and he's got to control that. And when he got the opportunity to play last season when Parker Washington, to play more last season when Parker Washington was banged up, I think that was just great for him. And he carried that over into the offseason, into the spring, into, into camp, and was just able to build and build and build on that. The key is, again, not letting his emotions get the best of him because you can see he's a, he's a dynamic, vibrant kid, and he just has to keep that channeled, and he's going to be yeah. a really nice player. Yeah, plus he didn't pull any hamstrings. Well, he also had a nice pass breakup, too. I mean, that was, right, that was up, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, the, the only observation I make, toward the end of the third quarter, that receiver's core, they, they were first and seven, let's knock this in on two consecutive pass plays. Things just didn't quite work out. So there are areas to improve upon. Um, to your point about the transfer portal, we, we had Tinsley come in last year. Right. I think that continues to be an avenue we pursue with filling some immediate need kind of things. And, Mark, to your point, with the running backs, I mean, they're the, they were a known quantity coming in. Right. So why, you know, in this situation, let's get LR, get him on the same page with his receivers, give him that much-needed experience that he now has. Um, I think all things point to a very productive Penn State offense in, in 2023 here. Right. Combined just one catch really the tight together. Yeah. yeah, I was surprised the tight ends only caught one ball. Yeah, yeah that, well, I'm sure we'll see more of them. You know, and the block, again, the pass blocking was great. I was like, Bill, I'd like to get your thoughts just kind of on how the offensive line performed in this game. Well, I, you know, 
early on, I was a little concerned. Either West Virginia was coming with delayed blitzes and getting to Alar. It didn't rattle him. I mean, the kid kept his focus upfield and so forth, and maybe you know a couple of sacks. It can improve. You know, these are five guys working together for the first time. We've got a new left guard replacing the kid that uh, had to step away from the from the medical injury standpoint. But um, they were active. You know, a lot of uh, I saw. Uh, that, that RPO scheme where you're pulling backside people and move, they look, they look like they were uh, mobile people um, for the most part. I mean, we rang up over close to 500 yards offense, kept Aller for the most part upright. Um, it's a win. I thought the question mark going into that game would be Caden Wallace over at, over at right tackle because he's been very inconsistent, but everything we heard throughout the offseason is how well he's played. And I thought outside of maybe one or two plays in that game that he really showed up. Also, like, you know, you mentioned J.B. Nelson. I liked what I saw from him. You know, we hear over and over about how aggressive and how tough he was. He wasn't perfect, but you can see the way that that kid finishes off blocks. And then they were able to get Venga uh, Ione in there as a backup in the interior, and then Drew Shelton. And, you know, so you, they're still showing some depth, even without Landon Tango. They moved uh, Hunter Norzad to center this year, and I thought he did all right. Uh, he's got to get his snaps down a little bit uh, because Aller had to make a couple good catches early. Good but 6 five. Yeah. 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 I, mean, yeah, I mean, it was just a great performance all around for the offense. Now, all areas of the team didn't perform the best. The special teams maybe a little bit of concern. We're going to discuss that when we can return on Nittany Nation Overtime. The Nitwits are being brought to you by Monarch Cleaners for all your dry cleaning, carpet cleaning, and rug cleaning by Remax Results Realty Group, committed to a culture of professionalism, productivity, and exceptional service. By Dorman's Jewelry, the answer is always Dorman's. And by Star Beverage, no matter what type of weather, we are a convenient drive-through, one-stop beer store. You're watching Nittany Nation Overtime. Welcome back into Nittany Nation Overtime. We're recapping Penn State's big 38-15 win over West Virginia. Big story of the game was the offense. Drew Allard, terrific. However, special teams left a lot to be desired. The close battles in the punting and the kicking game all off season, and then Penn State goes and misses their first two field goals, and they were kind of chip shots. They weren't long field goals or anything like that. Yeah, James was decisive about that. He made a change with Falcons at halftime. But some other things, little things. I know it was his first opportunity, but Caden Saunders fair catches a ball at, at like the five-yard line to start uh, your first possession with your new quarterback. Uh, they blocked another guy, uh, Cam Miller, blocked a guy into Saunders later. Now, Saunders did make a couple tough catches and took a real shot on that. He had a penalty on, on the punt team. He had a short punt uh, the first time around. Hey, it's the first game, but there were a few leaks on special teams. To me, what was the most troubling is that those two missed field goals by Sanders Sahadak both happened when it was still a game. Yep. The short punt happened when it was still a game. Nick Singleton brings out a kickoff. I, I don't really have a problem with that, but it just is another thing where he only gets 19 yards on that. Now, you know, I'm going to take my chances with Nick Singleton there, right. but I think when you pile all of those things up, these things were happening before this game was a blowout. And, and yeah. we all know that if you're playing in the Big Ten, sooner or later you're going to be in clutch games. And that's why James Franklin, you know, we're talking off air, he is not messing around. I mean, he knows the kind of talent that this team has, and you cannot let it, that, that happen uh, with your kicker. Now, I hope Sander, for his sake, because he's a good kid, 
I'm hoping this isn't something that, that, that just gets to him for the rest of his career. Hopefully he can get over this. Uh, but I think they were also fortunate to have Falcons, the Columbia transfer there. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing it's like, you know, you have to be dominant in all three phases. You know, we've seen plenty of teams before. You, know, you have a good offense and defense, except that special teams unit not being as dominant could lead to your downfall. Yeah, the, the, the kickoff man, Gabe, did a nice job. They got six touchbacks, although one kind of teetered on the – yeah, it could have been a, a penalty, but um, hey, and that's why there is an opener, and you you overcame some of those things. So I, I don't want to be too heavy-handed in, in a game one that you win by three scores, even if it took one with six seconds to go. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll definitely get to. I'd also like to address the defense. You know, maybe not as dominant as you might have expected, you know, from where they ended the season last year. Abdul Carter only recorded one sack. That yeah. was his only tackle of the game. That was very surprising to me. I mean, uh, he was like a no-show in the box yeah. score for, you know, close to three quarters. Uh, and I thought their run defense, especially early when the, when the tone was being established, was a little, little suspect. Yeah, it, it concerned me at the outset. I mean, uh, by the end of the third quarter, I think they had out uh, our offense had doubled the, the number of yards, but it didn't seem that way. It seemed like West Virginia gashed us early, and it seemed like they had a – uh, a really sound game plan on how to attack this defense. I think they adjusted. Obviously, we won the game by a, a, a large margin, but there's areas of improvement in all facets. Like you said, there, all three components absolutely need to be um, to, to compete and, and potentially win the Big Ten. You, you can't have weakness in any one of those three facets. Right. And obviously in week one, nothing is ever going to be perfect by any means. You know, before, right. And they'll begin the Big Ten play in a few weeks. But, the, you know, the biggest issue to me on defense, Ryan, wasn't necessarily the fact that somebody only had one tackle or it wasn't personal things. It was that they created no turnovers. I mean, this is a West Virginia team that ranked near the bottom of the NCAA in turnover margin last year. And I think that's going to be a very big part of what this team is able to do. We've seen it from Manny Diaz's team's defenses that creating turnovers. And, and again, you know, first game, but I thought you had such an athletic advantage over this team. That, that you should be able to create a couple turnovers. Now, one other thing I would say, in defense of the run defense, they were without Keziah Izzard and Amin Vanover, two of their bigger, you know, one, one of their bigger tackles, one one of their bigger DNs. But those are the kind of things that you're going to have to overcome during the course of the season. We're talking about depth, talking about depth. Well, you better be able to rely on it. I thought the defense got stronger. West Virginia, I think, scored on their third possession and then really didn't score again until Penn State's second unit uh, kind of let down. And, and, right. I, and there was a big pass breakdown, too. That right. That there first there was, but I think Dixon got better as the game went on. They didn't really test King too many times. Uh, I think they'll, I like the fact that he went to his second unit on defense and yeah. offense in the last, say, four minutes because I think uh, the team will gain from that. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, you know, to briefly touch on, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on Penn State scoring at the very end of the game? Zero, zero issue with it whatsoever. I mean, if West Virginia is going to keep its starters in and score late, which is perfectly fine, and then keep your starters in on defense, are you going to ask your, set, your backup offensive players to go in there and right. not try to right. do their best? Especially in this age where they've changed the, the clock rules where you're getting probably five to, to seven less snaps a game. You want these guys to go in there. You may need Bo, Bo Pribula at some point. So I have zero problem. I was shocked that, that Neil Brown 
uh, took that kind of the way he did and said what goes around. He was right. calling. Yeah, they didn't run up the score. Right? He was calling timeouts on defense. Hey, let's face it. We grew up in an era where Penn State would take a knee in that last. Uh, there were maybe another two snaps. The game would have been over. But it just as I think that was fine. That was a philosophy, and it was admirable. But that doesn't mean everybody has to have that philosophy, and you're you're criticizing. And, you know, this was a, a marquee opponent, and they finished the game strong. I can't criticize it. Right. You know, and obviously, you know, good win. Bo got some experience right there. I had no issue. Now, we're going to go to a break right now. We're going to crown our nitwit of the week and preview Delaware. Don't go anywhere. Don't miss a minute of Nittany Nation Overtime, now also on Apple and Spotify. The Nitwits are being brought to you by Brent Kogan Electrical Services, lighting the way for you. By Fullington Tours, offering round-trip transportation to and from Beaver Stadium from locations in State College and Altoona. By Blair Candy Company, the one-stop shop for all your tailgating needs, candy, snacks, paper supplies, and more. By Lions 24-7 with Fight on State, your online home for Penn State football and recruiting coverage. And by the Altoona Mirror, featuring Penn State game day every Friday and Penn State Extra every Monday. You're watching Nittany Nation Overtime. Welcome back into Nittany Nation Overtime. It's time to crown our nitwit of the week, which is Mark Brennan, the winner in week one. Oh, really? Well, I th thank you for, for uh, allowing me to win this one. And uh, I'll just say I I'm wasn't humbled. here last week, so that's there why you, go. you won. Yep. <laughs> so let's, real quick, running out of time, let's make our picks for Delaware this week. Yeah, I'll go first. I'll keep it short and sweet because we're running short on time. I'll say Penn State 47, uh, Delaware 10. Uh, it's good D D Division One AA program, but not at Penn State's yeah, level. Yeah, I mean, Penn State left a lot of points on the board last week, I think, and uh, I'm going to go a little higher than that. I'm going to say 52 to 13. Disappointed you didn't notice my shoes. Everybody talked about your Chuck Taylors last week. I did ratchet them. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, we pulled the starters early in the third quarter. It gets out of hand early. Uh, we throttle back. I'm saying 48-14. I'm uh -huh. going to go 45 to that? 3. Another big performance by the offense Yep. right here. And 48-14, again, yeah. I'm trying to, you know, get it within time. But, again, When the Lions Roared, a book that uh, myself and uh, several of my teammates about the 1982 National Championship season, it's on Amazon, gets great reviews. These fellows have read it. They also agree. Great book. Really well done, Bill. Thank All you. Right. Great well, to see you. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. We'll be back next week after Penn State's game against Delaware. Thanks for watching WTAJ's Nittany Nation Overtime. Tonight's show is brought to you by DeLeo Games, Sisney and O'Donnell, The Student Bookstore, Joel Comfort Toyota, Legends Power Sports, and Belding and Mall. The Nitwits have been brought to you by Irwin Financial, Raymond James, a firm foundation for your financial future. By DeLeo Games, serving the community since 1945. By Monarch Cleaners, for all your dry cleaning, carpet cleaning, and rug cleaning. By Reed and Selaney Orthodontics, providing friendly, family-focused orthodontic care in Altoona, Bedford, and Huntington. By McAleer's Plumbing, 
specializing in plumbing, heating, and air conditioning, serving our community since 1886. By REMAX Results Realty Group, committed to a culture of professionalism, productivity, and exceptional service. By Dorman's Jewelry, the answer is always Dorman's. By Star Beverage, no matter what type of weather, we are a convenient drive-through, one-stop beer store. By Brent Kogan Electrical Services, lighting the way for you. By Novacare, Altoona and State College, the power of physical therapy. By Fullington Tours, offering round-trip transportation to and from Beaver Stadium, from locations in State College and Altoona. By Blair Candy Company, the one-stop shop for all your tailgating needs. Candy, snacks, paper supplies, and more. By Harry's Construction, if you can dream it, we can create it. By Lions 24-7 with Fight on State, your online home for Penn State football and recruiting coverage. And by the Altoona Mirror, featuring Penn State Game Day every Friday and Penn State Extra every Monday. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week.